Happy Halloween and welcome back to Secondary Accounts. Today, instead of sharing any true crime stories, I'm wanting to share some scary stories. Granted, none of these stories are mine, you know, as almost all of these episodes have been. Um, I found these stories on Reddit and with each story that I give, I will give credit to the author. So if you guys want to look them up yourself, you can. Um, I got the idea to do this kind of episode from Kaylin Nicholson. She does a podcast called The Coffee Talk Podcast, and I really like it, so shout out to her. So, turn off the lights, get some hot cocoa, plug in your headphones, and listen. This first story is from Waziot? Waziot? I don't know how to pronounce it, so I apologize if I'm butchering it. It is titled, The Woman on My Street. This is a 100% true story. It's going to sound pretty insane, but I swear that everything I'm about to tell you actually happened. During the fall semester of my senior year in high school, about 14 years ago now, every night after dinner with my family, I'd walk my dog, Jesse down the street to a small field near our house. Two things you should know. One, my house is situated on a hill, and you have to walk over the top of it and all the way to the bottom to get to the field. Lined with trees, lots of street lamps, so it's pretty well lit, but can still seem spooky at times. Two, Jessie is one of the most well-behaved golden retrievers I've ever seen in my life. She never barks at anyone, never runs off, she doesn't even chase squirrels. So normally I don't keep her on a leash when we're just walking down the street. Anyway, so I start walking with her down our steps to the street, just like any other night. It's about 9.30pm and the sun is long gone. We usually just walk down the middle of the road because not that many cars drive through. Jessie's not on a leash, but right by my side as we round the top of the hill to go down when all of a sudden, we see a woman walking towards us in the middle of the road. We're at the top of the hill, and she's about halfway up, staggering in this weird, unnatural sort of way. She was walking almost as if she was a ghost out of the grudge or some horrible Silent Hill character. But when I first saw her, I wasn't really scared, just more worried if she was okay. I thought maybe she'd been hit by a car and one of her legs was broken. But she was moving along in a jilted but steady pace. She had long black hair and a dark dress. Her skin was pretty pale in the street lamp's light. I didn't really know what to do or make of this scene. I just kind of stopped staring at her when suddenly Jessie started running toward her, barking like crazy. I've never seen her bark like this before. I honestly feel like if someone broke into her house, she'd just go up to them expecting to be petted. But here she was, growling ferociously, almost like she was ready to strike. I chase after her, only catching up when she was right in front of the woman, basically barking in her face. The woman didn't react at all. She didn't jump, didn't put her hands out. She just stood there, staring at my dog. I bent down, grabbing Jessie by the collar to pull her back. I was maybe two feet from the woman. I started apologizing profusely, but when I turned my head up to look at her, I stopped. I'm crouched down, looking up at her with street lamps shining down on both of us. 
She slowly turns and looks down toward me without saying anything, and I immediately see it. She doesn't have a face, not in the her features were all mixed together slash washed out way. She literally doesn't have a face. It's complete blackness, like looking into the sky and staring at the blackness between two stars. I can see her hair, I can see her neck, but I can't see a single feature between. I'm telling you, it was absolute and utter black. A void. I looked into it, stopped dead mid-apology as she looks down back at me without a word. After a few seconds of us just staring at each other in silence, she turns away and looks back forward, commencing to walk again. I let go of my dog's collar, more in surprise than anything, and immediately Jessie runs away to the other side of the street. Chasing after her, I catch up and grab her collar again on the sidewalk now. It could have been more than three to five seconds, but holding my dog again, I turn to look back at the woman, and she disappeared. At the rate she was walking, it should have taken her at least 30 seconds to get to the top of the hill, but there was nothing. She completely vanished. At the time, this was weirdly the most unsettling part for me. What the crap just happened? Did it even happen? My dog had reacted to her too, so I wasn't the only one who saw it. Slowly, I took Jessie the rest of the way down and watched as she ambled around the field. The whole time I kept looking over my shoulder, deeply afraid that something was going to sneak up on me. All night I became more and more bothered by what happened, trying to rationalize it away. Maybe the way her hair fell blocked the light, but I would have seen something, the tip of her nose, part of her mouth, but there was nothing. Literally nothing. And that's the story, the woman on my street. To be honest, like, you still went down with your dog to go to the field? I don't know. I personally would have just freaked out and probably would have tried going back home. I don't know. That's like, I don't like that. I don't know. From my previous episodes, I mentioned how I believe in ghosts and I don't want to mess with them, especially if like they're bad ones. Like I don't want to invite bad ghosts into my life. And so I don't know if that was a ghost or what? Like, I don't know. That's scary. I don't like that. Plus, it was like 9.30ish nighttime. No, no, thank you. Okay, so this next story is by false underscore jello 1662. It is titled Deep Woods Oddities. Figured I'd share a couple of my odd, creepy experiences out in the woods. I've got a bunch. My buddy and I were on a hunting trip, probably 50 miles up a logging road and into some thick timber. We set up camp out of my truck. At about midnight, this white light lit up about a mile away on a steep hillside. We sat and watched for the next couple of hours as it moved up and down the hillside. We thought it might be a hunter looking for the animal he got, but this hillside is a recently logged area and has dead timber slash branches everywhere, so no way it could be a person with how smooth and constant it was moving. The next weekend, we were set up out of my cabin and we decided to drive up to an area. My body, my buddy has a leather hat and we had taken pictures at the top of the mountain that show him wearing it. Anyway... 
On our way back down, he noticed he was missing it and thought he left it up at the top, but we were too far to care about turning back that day. We get back to the cabin, and it was sitting on the front steps, frozen. Mind you, we had just drove about 30 to 40 miles up this hill, and nobody's up there or has access to it. That night, we kept hearing noises around the cabin, so we locked the door and windows before we went to bed and woke up to everything opened up. I don't like that. I don't know if I personally believe in aliens or what, but the comments on that story was like, oh, it's definitely aliens. I'm like, ah, I don't know. Whenever I think of aliens, I just think of those movies. Like, I just think of signs because that was like the OG back when I was younger. Um, My family and I watched that quite a bit, actually. And so it's just like, oh, that's what I think of when I think of aliens or like the Roswell or like the stuff that has happened in New Mexico, you know? So yeah, I don't know if it was aliens. I don't get ghost vibes from that story, but I don't know what to get from that story, you know? And it's like, whenever people like share these stories, there's a part of me that's like, wait, what if they're just making this up? And what if they are? Then they're doing a good job at entertaining us, you know? Because, like, I'm interested in all of these stories that I'm going to tell you guys today. But it's like, are they real? And then there's the part of me that's like, if it is real, then that's scary. (laughs) But, you know, this world is, it does have some scary features and themes, I guess. So it would make sense. And I'm not surprised about that. But yeah, so what are your guys' thoughts? please let me know because I love hearing everybody's theories and going through the comments. I'm just like, hmm, aliens, especially with the light going up and down the hill so quickly. Hmm, maybe, but I'm not sure. I don't know if I believe in aliens. I don't know. Anywho, now this next one made my heart rate pick up while I was reading it. The story is called There's Someone in My House from Me Likes Frogs. <laughs> so let's let's read it. I've said this a lot before, but this time I actually mean it. I was relaxing in my bed for a bit before deciding to get up to use the bathroom. All of my family is asleep at this point as they are early to bed, early to rise type people. All lights are off when I got up, so I bring my phone as a flashlight. I've had bad jump scares in the dark before. Me too. Me too. (laughs) I cross the hall to the bathroom. No problem. As I'm washing my hands, I pause, hearing random clicking. Two quick clicks right after each other, then a short pause. Click, click, click. They get faster while still being spread out. It's definitely human or something close to. It's the clicking sound one might make flicking on and off a light switch if they're bored. Or in this instance, the sound of the lamp in the living room being turned on and off, or so I think. I can't tell where the sound is coming from, so I finish washing my hands, turn on my light, march out of the hall bathroom, and search the house. Nothing. Odd, I think, and a bit unsettled and disturbed, I go back to my room. I finally get comfortable after doing a quick sweep of the room and move to lay down as I have to get up early tomorrow. I scrolled around social media for a while when I heard the very unmistakable noise, absolutely nothing else can make this sound, 
of the shower curtains getting swept back. I stop, now fully alert, and listen. I haven't heard the footsteps of anyone or hear something hit the bottom of the shower so something couldn't have fallen and hit the curtain and a family member couldn't have done it. I hear it again. Someone moving the shower curtain. The realization hits me slowly. The tapping and clicking wasn't coming from the living room or another bedroom. It was coming from inside the bathroom. That's why there was no footsteps when I heard the curtains move. That's why I couldn't tell exactly what direction the clicking came from. The whole time, whoever or whatever it was, was in the same room as me. Which gets us to the present. It's been half an hour. No odd noise has come up since then. I'm still paralyzed in bed, and I haven't gone to check. I think I'll go do that. Then in the comments, the um, original poster um, has some updates. And so somebody commented and was like is there a window in your bathroom by chance and the original poster's like there is ah. and then they posted i waited like two hours because i was scared of my mind no one in the bathroom i didn't recheck the house i did on the morning and thankfully found nothing and like ah that's kind of spooky so i don't know i don't know how I feel about this story. Like, granted, I have no idea what the, like, floor plan of this house looks like, so I don't know how close the living room is to the bathroom or what, but it's like, I personally feel like if the clicking was coming from inside the bathroom, you would be able to hear it, you know? Ignore my cat in the background if you hear him. He's outside my door meowing. <laughs> and so it's just like, hmm, I'm not sure. I don't know if there was somebody in the house. I don't know if they were just hearing things because I know at night whenever like you're on edge and you hear the slightest thing, it's like, ah, scary. But anywho, we'll be back after this short break. Time to dive into this next story. It does contain a Ouija board, so if that makes you uncomfortable, feel free to skip ahead. You know, if any of these stories make you uncomfortable, feel free to skip ahead. I just know Ouija boards are kind of more, like, they're more troublesome in my opinion. So this story is from, oh, it's from Kelly Dactyl. And this story is called, My Ouija Board Tried to Warn Me. Dun dun dun! Okay, okay. Let's begin. Several years ago, maybe a year or so after I finished high school, I was with a group of friends. I'll change everyone's name, including my own, for privacy reasons. Anyway, this group of friends and I were quite bored. <clears throat> On a summer night in a small town. So, naturally, we broke out a Ouija board. Like most places, we had our local ghost stories. You know, tales told to kids to keep them from out of the woods. Well, we took our twelve ninety nine glow-in-the-dark Ouija board to one of our town's most infamous spaces at midnight. So, me, 
Phoebe, along with friends Monica, Rachel, Joey, Chandler, Janice, and Ross. Okay, kudos to these names. I love them. <laughs> All went to our, lo our local junior high school courtyard. For legend has it, you'll hear a baby cry at midnight to play the Ouija. We started by asking all the usual questions and wouldn't you know it, not a dang thing happened. So defeated and still bored, we trudged back to Rachel's place. She lived pretty close. Her mom was really chill, looking back on it probably a little too chill, and told us we should have lit candles, sat in a circle, you know, really do the dang thing. So being incredibly stupid and immature teenagers, we did it again, but this time it was a little different. We asked all the usual, is someone there? Yes. Do you want to harm us? No. Monica started acting strange. She was breathing kind of heavy, tearing up. No one else really noticed, but I did. I wish I had said something. Rachel asked, do you want to tell us something? Yes. What? Joey and Chandler had noticed by now that Monica was visibly and audibly upset. We met eyes, not wanting to break the link we had created. Without words, we agreed to let it ride. What? Janice asked the Ouija board again, more forcefully this time, as she was becoming scared and impatient. Hurt. That's when Monica let go. She began rocking back and forth, crying and sweating profusely. Ross started to go to her, but along with the others, I screamed for him to stop. Don't break the link. Rachel, eyes now brimmed with tears, asked, You want to hurt one of us? No. So, so someone we know will get hurt, maybe? Yes. Okay. We all sat back. Monica still noticeably hyperventilating, while Ross's face was still plastered with worry. Chandler gave me the, she's totally being dramatic look. And honestly, I agreed. I wanted to get this moving long already, so I said, fine, who is going to get hurt? Jay. In circle. Jay. Rinse and repeat. We briefly discussed it as a group. None of us knew someone whose name began with a J. Me again. So, someone with a J name is going to get hurt? Yes. How? Wreck. Monica had visible tears rolling down her cheeks. I was beginning to get annoyed. Is anyone else going to get hurt? Yes. Well, who? I demanded impatiently. Brian. At this point, it was like 2 a.m., we were all irritated and bored, and just blew out the candles and quit playing. We never said goodbye to the board. I was actually spending the night with Rachel that night, and once everyone had left and we had settled into bed, it was about 3 a.m. Just as I closed my pretty little eyes, my mother called me. My cousin, Jay, was in a really bad motorcycle wreck. He wasn't dead, but he was hurt really bad and in a coma. But here's what really had effed up. Had really, had me, bleh. but here's what really had me effed up. He and his wife had just had their son a couple weeks before. They named him Brian. I know it sounds absolutely bonkers, but it's been almost 20 years and my cousin Jay, he's alive. When he came out of his coma, he was different. Sometimes I will catch him looking at me, but I won't recognize his eyes, and if I'm ever alone in the room with him, I'm just overwhelmed with this lightheaded feeling. I don't know, man. Okay, so... I... I just... Mm, 
I don't like Ouija boards. I don't ever want to mess with them. I just always get bad vibes reading about them, hearing about them, and it's just kind of scary. I don't know, like, you're inviting somebody who... I don't know, you're inviting who could be anybody to come and talk to you, and I just don't like that. Alright, so this next story is from what am I doing underscore here, called The Old Lady. This all happened a couple of years ago. To give a bit of background, I, a female, own a holiday house out of the country that I look forward to every summer. I go for weeks to months on end and love it. The only issue is it is slightly isolated. The closest neighbors are about a 20 minute walk and they are the only people on my street or near me. I want to add that this house is over 100 years old as it is a small cottage and has been passed through the family for generations. The neighbors are farmers so are not usually home. This all went down one Tuesday morning. I was baking with the door open to let in fresh air as it was sunny outside and we don't normally get that in Ireland. This is in Ireland? That's so cool. Okay. A knock on the open door jolted me up from my daydream-like state. A somewhat raspy voice called out, Hello, dearie. I was taken aback. I shot around to see a small old lady at my door. Her Her short gray hair twinkled in the sun. I said hello and asked what she needed. She claimed that she didn't want to interrupt us and asked if this was an okay time. I replied, of course, but emphasized again on what she was doing now, practically standing in our kitchen. She asked, did we know Mary? I said, no, I've never met somebody named Mary, surprisingly. She said that was all right and left. I only realized as she walked out the door that she might have been lost or needed a lift home as the road isn't safe due to the tractors. In our house, you have to go left straight after you head out of the door to get to the wall and gate. The wall is quite small, so anybody can hop on so anybody can hop it or sit on it. I ran out the door after her to see nothing. There was no electric cars at the time, so she couldn't have been using that. I have a very clear view up and down the road for many, many miles and can't see her. It was like she had disappeared. This story still freaks me out till this day. I only realized today that the very original owner of the house's name is Mary. I hope that she rests well, knowing that there's a family that loves her house as she did her own. Like, I really like how there was like a nice kind of happy ending. Because, I don't know, it's just like, I love hearing those ghost stories, like sweet ghost stories. And especially since it's in Ireland, I don't know, Ireland spooky vibes. Yes, please. (laughs) And so it's just like, wow. Like that happened. I don't know. I I believe this story. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's just sweet that the person went back to go look for her, but then the old lady was gone. Ah, where was she? Where did she go? Like, I wonder who she was. I wonder how she knew Mary. Like, what if 
she was like best friends with Mary. I don't know. Like now I want to hear this story of this old lady, but I have no idea who she is. <laughs> um, yeah. So I liked that little ghost story. But now this is a story from XX Princess Doom Y2KXX called I Used to Work Night Shifts Until This. This one I really like. Oh, scary. Okay. It's spooky season, which always gets me talking with buddies about the creepy things we've been through. I almost never touch on this story, though, because it's not one of those classic scary stories everyone likes to share around a few beers. I used to work night shifts at this large manufacturing facility. Night shift was a very small crew, five security, five of us in running admin and packing. As, as admin staff, I sat with security as they'd switch between patrolling and monitoring the cameras. It was usually pretty silent and boring. Now, I'm not sure how the building got its haunted story. No one besides us ever wanted to work night because of the rumors. None of us ever had any experiences. No one died there. No crazy accidents happened. It wasn't destroyed and rebuilt. It was peaceful and uneventful. But stories always spread, as they tend to do with big, dark, creepy spaces. And it was creepy. It's surrounded with woods, circled with fencing, mostly empty at night, which made it feel incredibly imposing and empty. Creepy motion activated lights inside and out. Sounds carried and echoed, but still, none of us ever had any experiences there. Until this. It was around Halloween, maybe a week or two before it. I was halfway into my shift, making it my lunch hour. It was chilly, and I went to my car to grab my bigger jacket and have a smoke break. I was right outside the back door, which the fencing runs closest to. It's maybe 10 yards off the back door. The only light is motion activated, and I had to keep making grand arm movements to keep it on. It's all grass and shadows up to the fence, and the light doesn't really hit that far. I was watching videos on my phone, and the light cut out. I sat in the dark a bit, sipping my coffee and finishing my cigarette. As I was finishing, I reached up, waved about to activate the lights to find the ashtray. But as the light flickered on, I heard a noise at the fence across from me. We do get some animals out there, and they could get startled. It was all explained in my head instantly. But as I stood up, I heard the fence keep slightly jiggling, or jingling, sorry. When I looked up, I didn't see much. The light didn't really illuminate much outside its circle on the ground. I don't know why, but my first thought was to say, hello? When I did, the sound stopped for a moment. I squinted into the darkness, trying to adjust. The light went out. There in the darkness, the moon had a little more effect lighting up the area. The fence started lightly jingling again, really lightly. As my eyes adjusted better, I saw movement. It looked like a person opposite me at the fence, fidgeting with the links. I thought this must be a kid trying to spook us. Maybe they were going to break in and ghost hunt. Some high school kids have before without knowing the building never closed, and we were usually pretty cool with them poking around as long as they didn't touch anything and made it fast so they could tell their friends they lived through it. But that wasn't really common, and this was one person, alone. It felt off. I radioed in to... I radioed in to with my walkie to desk security. Hey, we have a visitor out by North Door behind the fence. I've seen the monitors of camera feed, and I know this area is totally covered. They'd be able to see this fence clearly. 
My walkie beeped back and a voice said, We aren't reading any movement at the fence. Is it in the tree line? Negative. They're fiddling with the fence right in front of me. This all happened in the span of seconds. My cigarette butt was still in my hands and I just barely swallowed my last sip of coffee. They didn't even have a chance to reply to me when... From the fence, I heard this massively louder thrash at the links, and all I saw was a figure full-on sprinting at me. I made a terribly embarrassing choking noise and crushed my coffee cup around the knob, trying to rush myself in. The fence is so close, it's not going to take more than a few bounds to reach me. I pushed myself in so hard and held the knob in place, trying to figure the deadbolt into place. The knob was flicking down... Sorry. The knob was flicking down hard against my hold. I could hear and feel something moving against the opposite side of the door. I radioed back, Get down here now! But I already heard steps coming my way. The knob stopped moving by the time they got there. It was all over with. Back at the office, the security staff tried to play off like I was having a laugh about it. Like this was a great Halloween joke I played. I didn't understand why they weren't taking it seriously until I saw the playback. It was just me outside. There was nothing there. My brain couldn't explain what I experienced outside while confronting the video. I, I immediately thought this was a big goof on me. Maybe they fiddled with the footage and had someone scare me, but they genuinely thought I was the one goofing with them. We were doing that whole back and forth, okay, whose idea was this? Who is messing with who? Until the second time watching the playthrough, we noticed the way the door handle kept moving even when I removed my hand from it. Both the inside camera and the outside camera caught it. I noticed right before I panicked and turned to run inside, the fence made a slight jolt as if it was pushed. There was no holes in the fence or any kind of cuts made through or made where someone could squeeze through. There was no creepy shadows or unexplained wisps of smoke or lights or movement besides those. Just me in the night jumping out of my skin and running inside. I kept trying to think back to when I jumped, when that figure burst at me full speed if the light activated for their movement or mine. I couldn't decide. I couldn't remember exactly. It was so fast. But nobody there wanted to admit anything happened to me. It was tricks in the moonlight. Overactive imagination and too much coffee. Branches against the chain links. No one's ever experienced anything weird here. And it wouldn't just start up here, now, for no reason. I didn't make a fuss. I didn't want to argue it. They already thought I was being weird about it. Maybe I was? I went about finishing my shift, but no one used the back door again that night, and it remained locked. The longest employed security was finishing up the shift at the desk with me in the office. It was before dawn. The morning shift was trickling in the parking lot. He watched the cameras in silence while I typed away. A few minutes before clocking out, he cleared his throat and told me, I never really liked the North End. It feels like someone's eyes are always on me. It's honestly the most he's ever said to me in the year plus I worked there. The most I've ever heard him say. I felt like that statement held even more weight for that alone. I didn't quit though. I stayed on another seven months until a company was bought out and they stopped overnight shifts to pile more work on day shifts for less money with less employees. There was never another incident. I never actually went out there again though. I stopped smoking, took my breaks out in the lobby, or wasted time chatting with coworkers. But I made excuses not to sit outside, to be honest. I feel like a few of us did. I have never before or since had any moments where I felt like my imagination got the better of me. 
I and I truly believe that wasn't the case here. I keep thinking back at the door handle jerking down when I was steps back on the walkie. That had to be proof I wasn't imagining the whole thing. No one ever brought it up again. The No one ever brought it up again. And whenever anyone asked about working in the old crappy factory, everyone would say, Oh, we never saw anything up there. It's just a boring building at night. I would just smile and keep my side of the story to myself. But I wondered if anyone else was holding stories to themselves. Maybe they'd slip out after a few beers and field a few more questions about the haunted factory. Wow. Just wow. Wow. Just wow. It's like, yee. I don't know, I guess, like, if you're comfortable in that place, like, no wonder why, um, no wonder why, like, all those people would, you know, take their breaks outside. Well, granted, it was just the one person. No wonder why they would just have their breaks outside, because nothing happened until that night. That's just, ugh, I don't like that. I, uh, I know, I get bad vibes from that like something happened I believe you I believe you what am I nope I believe you princess doom I believe you um I don't know like with that comment from the security guard at the front desk like um what tell me more can you tell me more not just this vague I've never liked the north end like no tell me more <laughs> okay okay so I have one final story to share with you guys today. It is also from XX Princess Doom Y2KXX called Delivery Guy Stalked Me. And, you know, this will be our last story, and I'm sorry about that, but this one is my favorite story. Well, favorite in the sense, like, wow. You know, not like, oh my gosh, this happened to this person. I'm so glad it did. No, I'm not like that. You guys know that. Anywho, let's, let's share this story. Here we go. I currently live in a smaller ruralish town. It's pretty removed, but still has a lot of good shopping and eating options and public spaces. We even have a few breweries and bars now. It's a newly hit place with farming on the outskirts so I can get my eggs and veggies fresh from the source. The pandemic really hurt businesses locally though, and pretty much the only regular delivery options was Walmart and Amazon for a minute. I was pretty stoked when much later more local options popped up on various apps. However, at this time for main necessities and grocery items, there wasn't any options besides getting a store delivery from Walmart a town over. This meant a lot of people we didn't know well popping through and it drove some of the older folks crazy. All over the neighborhood talking about cars and people they didn't recognize, etc. I embraced it. It made my life easier. It was great for a bit. So at this point, I lived with my teenage son, who was a gangly six foot four inches, and then my and my then boyfriend was staying to be near his elderly parents. He's six foot three inches and broadly built. It's a tiny space, and I felt a little cramped with the big guys always around. So once in a while, I'd send them off on an errand, or they'd visit my boyfriend's parents and give me some space to work on things, or just enjoy being alone. One of those days, I got, a, I got a delivery. I recognized the guy and said hi. I tipped him well, went about my life. An hour later, he was back at my door. 
He was kind of weird. He was creepy because I have steps in front of my door, but no porch. He would knock and stand besides the steps where I couldn't see him through the eye hole, but I could see him through the window he was next to. So I talked through the windows like, sup, can I help you? I have window film over the lower window for privacy, but I can stand on my couch and see through the upper window above people's heads and see outside. And the upper window pulls down too to let in air multiple ways. He kept trying to look for where my voice was coming from before answering and telling me he forgot a bag in the, in the delivery. I confirmed I got it all and thanked him. He left. I didn't want to open the door again after he noticed I was alone. I got new neighbors directly in the unit across from me. They got a ring camera. She, she reached out to me and told me someone came by knocking and had sat on my steps for about half an hour. I was down at my boyfriend's house with my son at the time, and she sent me the ring cam like stop footage or whatever it looked like that guy and it was like 8 p.m i didn't have any open orders either i reached out to walmart and they were totally unhelpful they told me they'd be making sure he didn't deliver anything to me in the future but wouldn't give me any info i could pass on to security or the police in case anything further happened i wanted to at least file a report with my security in case anything happened because it felt really weird but they told me the police would need to reach out I had the feeling it would escalate, and it did. Ugh, no. I didn't want to be home alone anymore. I didn't order delivery. I just tried to cover my bases. However, my neighbor did order a delivery, and somehow it came through that guy again. So he was on the property anyway and just three feet away from my door. The creepy thing was I heard it being dropped off and had the urge to look through the people and saw him standing right in front of my stairs, looking around my door and living room windows. He stood there for like five minutes until my neighbor opened the door to get her groceries and I told her, that's the guy from the ring camera. She contacted Walmart too and asked he doesn't deliver anything anymore. A few weeks went by and Christmas was around the corner. I had ordered a few items from Amazon and they were all arriving together. I knew they were on my front porch. I could hear them carrying... Dropped... Wait. I could hear them carrying dropped and the delivery guy knocked. I saw him walk off. My boyfriend was on the couch with his headphones on working, and I was cooking dinner. I figured I'd grab them in a moment. They're fine on my steps at the moment. There's a camera there. If anything happens, it'll be five minutes tops. I finished plating and brought the food in, and as I was setting the plates down, the front doorknob, which wasn't locked, gave a tiny turn. The deadbolt was still latched, but the knob wasn't, and I could hear it. My boyfriend couldn't. I stopped and pointed it out. My boyfriend is completely oblivious to these kinds of things. He took his headphones off, peeking through the top window and said, Oh, you must be hearing things. No one's touching your doorknob. There's no one out there. He walked over and ripped the door open to show me there's nothing there. But there's the guy again, crouched up against the wall under the window, hands still on the knob, trying to turn it silently. He looked mortified to see him opening the door, and when my son came up too, he looked really confused. He asked for me. He must have known my name from the deliveries because he used the name I have on my account, which isn't the name everyone knows me by. My boyfriend asked what he needed and the guy reached down and picked up the Amazon box and said delivery and handed it off and then left? It was really strange. I explained to my boyfriend that he was not delivering those boxes. They were already there. We took the footage to the police and I tried to reach out to Walmart. The police told me they reached out to Walmart and just got a bunch of clueless, basic customer service agents with no idea how to proceed and that if he came back, I needed to call them ASAP so they can get him in person. I was really scared, though. I was glad he knew I wasn't in the house alone now, but I felt like he might 
take more drastic measures knowing that too. I don't know how people like this think, so I was just running through every possible scenario. The sprinkler system automatically kicks in at 11 p.m. It cycles through the plot of land for an hour. It starts on my bedroom wall, which faces the parking lot. By midnight, it's gone around the entire space in tandem and reaches the front lawn space to the right of my front door. I'm in bed when I hear it click on. It's noisy because it hits the gravel, too. It covered up a lot of the sounds. A lot of the sounds? What? When it switched off to the next area, I heard a strange shuffling. We have a lot of cats outside, though. I wasn't too alarmed. There's one window at the side of my house that faces the front lawn spots, but is blocked off by a large entertainment system. It's the only blocked window I have, and besides my bedroom window, it's also the only one not visible from the ring camera. But all my windows are always locked overnight. Good, as they should be. Okay. The next morning, when I was leaving for work, the window screens were both removed and placed beneath the windows. <gasps> there was handprints smudged all over the glass. There was no clear footprints, just deep, muddy sloshes. I filed another report, and they were similarly unhelpful, basically telling me I needed a camera and to stay up to make sure I could see it happen and call in. I didn't even bother contacting Walmart again. They were totally useless. Ah, okay, okay. There's more. The last thing to happen was when my boyfriend was coming over pretty late. He worked a long day. He came up around 3 a.m. I knew he was coming, but I was woken up by loud fighting outside. He had pulled into the parking lot, and this guy was underneath my car. He scrambled o under when the car was pulling in. My boyfriend pretended to walk to the fire and watched him slide out and try to hide behind the parked cars, but it looked like he was messing with my car. He had him pinned and I called the police. There was an air tag taped under my car. He was trying to track me away from my house. The guy was arrested with other charges too. I didn't hear anything else from it. I gave statements and incident report numbers and was told I might need to testify, but it's never happened. I hadn't had I haven't had any incidents since then though. Uh, uh Yeah. So that story is just like intense and so creepy and so uncomfortable and uh don't like that don't like that at all Ugh. but thank you princess doom for sharing this story and yeah thank you guys so much for your patience with me about getting these episodes out so slowly um i kind of talked about where i've been on the secondary accounts instagram and i know i kind of briefly mentioned that I wouldn't be posting up as much in previous episodes, but I just kind of want to explain to you why, like, I still want to be doing this podcast 100%. I really enjoy it. I love the research aspect and I love being able to tell stories and just kind of like, oh my gosh, guys, let me tell you about this case that's been on my mind. But, um, my mental health has been rough. It's not my friend. So I've been trying to take care of myself, but that's difficult, but whatever. Um, and I know because of my mental health, I don't want to make this like, oh, woe is me, you know, cause like that's, no, I don't want to do that. Um, it's just like hard to do things. Um, and so yeah, thank you guys for just being kind and understanding and patient and, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, shout out to all of the Reddit users who uploaded these stories. I will um, give them credits in the description and 
yeah, I just, <sighs> happy Halloween. I'm going to miss spooky season. Granted, my husband and I both like spooky movies and spooky stories, so it doesn't just end at Halloween. But anywho, <laughs> um, I'll see you guys next time. Bye.